Hey, it's Alana. And Katie. And we've got another episode of Black and Yellow coming at ya. Woohoo! What's up, Black and Yellow Nation? I hope that your Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month is treating you well. Katie, I know that you just celebrated your first Mother's Day. Yes. How was it? Was it all you hoped it would be? It was so nice. Uh, my mother and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and my um, my stepfather came over and we had a waffle bar and we had all the fixings. My husband made waffles from scratch Ooh! and they had like a little hint of like cinnamon or vanilla or something in them. It was really good. And uh, we had bacon and all the fruit and uh my sister-in-law made scones and she brought uh jam and lemon curd and whipped cream she brought all the stuff wow i know it's fancy heard of a waffle bar like what are the what are the, t- the the fixins that were available oh so we we in particular had strawberries blueberries um uh, we had syrup we had butter we had whipped cream um, those were kind of the, the general gist of what we do in our family. But, um, I know originally my husband was like, we could also have like peanut butter, bananas. We could also have, yeah, <laughs> we could also have other things. Um, I don't know what else people put on their waffles. I, mean, I, I don't know, but, uh, we usually do strawberries and whipped cream. I mean, it's a really unique idea. Hearing you talk about a waffle bar last episode, actually, um, informed my call to action for this episode because I've mm. never heard of a waffle bar before. So I think it's a really interesting idea. So yeah, those two and your family, y'all are on point and have something that <laughs> not a lot of other people I think are on to. But I feel like we like the brunch we- life. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see. That's dope. I feel like more people should do a waffle bar. Yeah, it just seemed a lot easier because waffles are already put together and until you put all the stuff on it, it's pretty like clean and not really messy at all. Um, They did kind of fall apart, though, like the squares. Sure. You know, kind of ripped apart. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it was easy, easy cleanup. So was your husband like short order cook status, like fresh waffles every couple of minutes coming out of the waffle maker situation? That's what he was planning, but actually the waffle iron was cooking faster than he thought. So he ended up cooking all of them before everyone came over. (laughs) He was like, oh, this is going to take like four minutes per waffle. So I better start like, you know, 20, 30 minutes before. And they were all cooked in like one minute each or something. And they were pretty dark. Jeez. Um, Yeah, we got a really good waffle iron, I guess. And we, we actually have two because somebody gave us one for our wedding um Mm. as a wedding present but i already had one from college which is the one that works really well (laughs) (laughs) so my my husband was literally like pouring into one and then pouring into the other and he was like just switching back and forth and because it's mother's day i obviously didn't do anything and he chopped all the fruit up and put it in bowls and he he literally cooked yeah he put the bacon in the oven he cooked the scrambled eggs he did everything Awesome. And he finished everything before everybody arrived, so nobody could help. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me he had, like, baby boys strapped to his back or his chest, no. or you were really just, like, feet up, living the, like, no. I'm not doing it. Okay, got it. Okay, 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 okay. No, I was with the baby. Okay. <laughs> and he was, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I'm happy that you got to celebrate your first Mother's Day. That's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice. Congrats. Thank you. 
Well, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. We are thrilled to be in your ears for the first time. Please subscribe to stay connected with us so you never miss an episode. And if you're a return listener, we're happy to have you back rocking with us again because I have a feeling today's episode is going to be a cheesy one. Mm. Dare Mm -hmm. I say it's going to be a Gouda episode. (laughs) And we could say this episode is mutually beneficial for the both of us. We might be utterly exhausted with dairy puns by the time this episode is over. And we can assure you all this episode will not be full of fake moves. <laughs> I have to tell you, Katie, I'm trying not to get carried away with all of these puns, but it's really hard. <laughs> I totally know what you mean, but it's really hard not to milk it when it comes to dairy puns. <laughs> okay, okay. So, whew. Compose ourselves. So all jokes aside, we are talking about a digestive disorder that affects both Asian Americans and African Americans, which is lactose intolerance. Fun fact, according to the National Digestive Diseases Information Clearinghouse, ooh, that's a mouthful, some 30 million to 50 million Americans are lactose intolerant including up to 75% of African Americans and American Indians and 90% of Asian Americans. I think we have to ask the obvious question, Alana, are you lactose intolerant? You know, hearing you read that that previous stat, yeah. I feel bad to say what I'm about to say, oh, which okay. is I am not lactose intolerant. What? I can fuck up a pizza and a pan of mac and cheese. Ugh. Like, it is my job. But what about you? I'm so jelly. Okay. <laughs> I'm I obviously lactose intolerant. <laughs> I had a feeling that might have been the wrong thing to say, but I no, also no, no, couldn't no. resist. No, no, no. I think it makes it, I think it, makes it more entertaining for our, our conversation <laughs> that we're going to have. Well, can I ask? Yeah. So, when did you did you discover that you were lactose intolerant? Did you know you were lactose intolerant? I didn't know. I think I discovered it because I was I obviously, you know, as a baby grew up on milk, as a toddler grew up on milk and the, I remember specifically it was always like I had to have the 1 or 2% milk. Specifically, I couldn't have any other type of milk. Um, and I can't remember which one it was or why, but I do remember like there was I always had to look for the number on the milk. And then um, going to high school, I was always like, why do I have to get milk with my lunch if I bought lunch? Um, because I tried to not get milk, like not get a beverage and just get the lunch. And they were like, oh, uh, it costs extra if you don't get milk with it. And I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, is there a way that I could substitute? Because I'm obviously not going to drink it. And it's just going to sit in this carton and none of my friends want it. Um, and they were like, you have to have a doctor's note to get juice. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get a doctor's note because that's going to cost money and there's all these there's all these things um and so between high school and college I would say is when I discovered that I was lactose intolerant I would always like eat to a certain extent but I think in high school I had two grilled cheese sandwiches at the same time and I literally upchucked that like right out the bat and I was like huh that's different (laughs) um I believe okay and then obviously um eating any kind of like refried beans and like a mexican burrito or together left me super gassy left my butt hurting all the things you know 
Oh yeah. Um, so I <laughs> I started oh, yeah. to kind of pick up on the signs, and then um, I tried to be careful. But to be honest, I kind of grew like a a tolerance for it in college, huh. where I think I ate it so frequently that I was able to eat a little bit more than I previously was, to the point that I could like eat a bowl of mac and cheese and be okay, or I could have a scoop of ice cream and a cone or, or whatever and be okay but if i were to have two scoops of ice cream then that's when we're hitting trouble but ah. then um then i met my husband and i i guess i took a step back from dairy for whatever reason uh, i can't remember why i think i was leaning more into fried foods because i was really into french fries and potato chips and all of those things so then when i came back to dairy it hit me tenfold <laughs> which was really bad oh uh, it's like your tolerance decreased it did okay it did yeah it basically went to like below zero and then um yeah because everything i i have a child's palate i would say where i i really <laughs> i like the chicken nuggets i like the mac and cheese i like all the processed crap um those are the things i like i like go towards so when i was pregnant it was really bad um well, not not really bad, but um, when I was pregnant, I was like, all I want are like grilled grilled cheeses, mac and cheese, um, like burritos or um, like fish and chips, and mm. all of those like chicken nuggets, all of those like kid type of meals, mm -hmm. you know. But mm -hmm. obviously, in a bigger portion, and so I would take lactate pills. Um, they're like chewable. Ah. And these particular lactate pills my husband found, which I really, really like, where you chew them with the first bite and it tastes like vanilla. So if you're Ooh. eating ice cream, you can't tell that you're even eating it because it tastes the same. Oh. But if you're eating pizza, you can totally tell because you're eating pizza and then you're also tasting vanilla, which sure. is really weird. Sure. <laughs> but it's but I mean, since then, that has worked for me. So do you still take the lactate pills every time you... Yeah, every dairy? time. I, yeah. Okay. Even if it's just like a sauce or something, um, uh. or if it if it's gonna be more than a few bites, I take it just to be safe. But I'll say when I was pregnant, I didn't have any symptoms. I think hmm. that my baby just like turned off that lactose intolerance switch for me because every time I ate it, I had no issues at all. Even if I did take a lactate pill, like I especially had no symptoms at all. Sometimes if I do take a lactate pill now, I will still get a, like a really painful stomach ache later where it just feels like hmm. someone's like jabbing me in the stomach, sure. um, like a giant cramp or something, but higher up my stomach. <laughs> um, but uh, that's usually like the worst if I do take a lactate pill that I'll feel but I but yeah during pregnancy I had no symptoms of lactose intolerance at all it was great drink the um what is it like the a2 type of milk that's supposed to not have the lack um the I have I don't know I I don't drink milk straight out of okay. yeah I usually only have it in like a coffee or some kind of coffee related beverage like if I go to this is the funny thing so if I um if I go to Starbucks and I get a drink with almond milk substituted, I am great. It has no effect on me. I can drink that 16 ounce with almond milk, be perfectly fine all day. However, if I go to literally any other place and substitute almond milk, I'm literally crapping myself all day, which I don't know what it is, what their branding is or like why. Um, Cause when I was in college, 
for my master's degree. So like a few years ago, I would always go to the, um, to the college cafeteria and I asked for almond milk and I would literally watch them pour the almond milk in, but it literally made me miss most of class. Mm. Going to the bathroom back and Strange. forth. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if it's a particular brand or if they're, they're somehow different. Um, sometimes also like if I'm really feeling the special treatment, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get coconut milk, uh, which sometimes does and does not work depending mm-hmm. on the day and what I eat with it. Got it. Um, but yeah, it, it varies depending on where I am and what huh. brands those places use. Got it. Interesting. It's funny that you say coffee because I tend to do a black espresso, but if I spring mm. for a, um, a latte, a cappuccino, whatever I, so I've been pescatarian since I was 13. So over 20 years now. And mm. I never drank milk growing up. Like I wasn't breastfed as a child. My mom told me that I didn't take to milk of any kind, either like regular milk or I know goat's milk was like a thing that a lot of black um, like markets were doing as an alternative to cow's milk because Hmm. so many African-American people are lactose intolerant. Yeah. I just never took to any milk. I was never a milk drinker growing up. I'm not I wasn't a cereal eater. But weirdly, if I get a coffee and I don't request a coconut milk and oat milk and almond milk, Mm -hmm. the flavor of that uh, cow's milk Mm -hmm. comes through so strong and so pronounced, I can't take it. And it's one of those things where I feel like we drink a lot of milk here in the United States. It seems that way, yeah. And to me, it's a little bit gross. I'm just like, ooh. Like, we drink so much milk here, I can't sometimes wrap my mind around it. Because I feel like we're the only mammal that, post being breastfed by our mothers, continues mm-hmm. to drink milk milk into adulthood. Yeah, and at school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that, in that way, I've been sort of repulsed by milk, but it never has made me sick. Though I've, yeah. I've no, got I a totally partner who's lactose with IBS, so, like, I'm me very... Me too. Okay. <sighs> we're on the same <sighs> wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. We, yeah. I have a feeling today is going to be a gas, but let's first <laughs> put our money where Literally. our mouth is, shall we? <laughs> yes. So, um, oh, should we explain it? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, <laughs> totally should. This is our small business segment. So in this segment, we like to encourage you, dear listeners, to diversify your dollars, shop black and shop Asian. However... Because it is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we are taking a break from shopping black and we are solely shopping Asian American Pacific Islander. Katie has got a wonderful company. I have a wonderful company. Both are Asian American owned. Katie, what you got? Yes. So I have uh, This Asian American Life. You can find them on Instagram at This Asian AM Life. So This Asian American Life is an online storytelling platform uplifting Asian American artists and voices. The creator, Katie Kwan, developed the illustration-based web series Generation, uh, Generation and Asian Put Together, which you may have seen on Instagram, uh, which centers Asian American narratives, moments, and spaces through an animation and illustration. This Asian American Life highlights uh, Asian American talent and voices through social media. And they also have a youth in power program, which I wanted to highlight. 
uh, to teach youth how to utilize their voices to the fullest potential on social media platforms. This program in particular encourages youth to make impactful change and promotes collaboration and positivity something that we need in this time and age and as a whole uh, this program focuses on the roles of asian americans in the united states with opportunities to be a part of various lectures and workshops so it's very educational we can say Um, this asian american life is always looking to collaborate to give voice to personal stories within mainstream history thus making history accessible for all sick i love that well Mm -hmm. once you have filled your mind and your heart with asian american voices after listening to this asian american life fill your belly with an asian american food business that's also really good for the environment so my company is called misfits foods at misfits foods on ig and i'm sure twitter and across all social platforms uh it was started by phil wang and ann yang They launched Misfits Foods from their dorm room as a business that turned ugly fruits into juice. It made a pivot in recent years and now creates plant-forward products that use a 50-50 blend of fruits and meat in an effort to reduce our environmental impact. And if there are Mm -hmm. any Shark Tank fans out there, uh, the company got a deal on Shark Tank. So this is... That's big. Yeah. So this is sounding familiar. Um... That's probably why a couple examples of their half veggie, half meat based products would be something like uh, chicken sausages, uh, chicken sausages and ground beef that are combined with something like a citrus kale, a curried carrot or a beet gochujang. (gasps) And so full disclosure, I am recommending this company because I actually can't support it myself because it's not available in my or Katie's area. Mm. But I have been a longtime user of their competitor, a friendly competitor, let's say that. (laughs) Friendly competitor, which is called called Imperfect Produce. That is available in Uh, my and your areas. Um, It's a similar concept to Misfits Foods. Misfits Foods isn't available here, but it's available along much of the eastern seaboard. And Mm. they've expanded into 37 states, including Washington, D.C., However, not Washington State, sadly enough. Yeah. So if you like the idea of feeding your family in a way that's good for the environment, check out Misfits Foods. It's yeah. awesome. If you want a tangible, uh, um, if you want to know how much you're helping the environment, I know with each uh, grocery package you purchase, they tell you how much water you saved, how what carbon footprint you've done, like how you've reduced mm. your carbon footprint, that's awesome. things like that. Yeah, it's like, you know, lemons and limes and other produce that just doesn't fit the um, supermarket standard. Like maybe mm-hmm. too small or too big or not the right color, but doesn't deserve to go into a landfill. So yeah. check them out. I will link I will link both of these businesses uh, in show notes. But let's get back to lactose, shall we? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's probably not something you're not- ever... Yeah, I, I probably do. shouldn't have sounded so excited about it. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we are going to talk about, okay, so what is lactose intolerance for people who may not know or may not have experienced it? Lactose intolerance is a digestive disorder caused by the inability to digest lactose. Those with lactose intolerance don't make enough of the enzyme lactase, which is needed to digest lactose. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have issues saying all these words. Lactose is the main (laughs) carbohydrate in dairy products. 
The disorder is relatively very common, affecting millions of people in the United States alone. Yes, lactose intolerance can start at birth or it can develop suddenly later in life. I know quite a few older African-American people that have developed that have like, you know, eaten their pizza or eaten their ice cream or their cheesecake for years. And then one day, just all of a sudden, it doesn't agree with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it can develop it later on in life, even if the individual has never had a problem with dairy before. Lactose intolerance in infants is caused by a mutation of the LCT gene, resulting in lifelong intolerance. In Mm. adults, the disorder is caused by decreasing activity of the LCT gene, resulting in an increasing inability to digest lactose as an individual. And about 65% of the human population has that type of lactose intolerance, which I would have some strong feelings about. It's one thing if you could, like, never eat it. I would feel like as an adult, if I develop lactose intolerance, yeah, I... Yeah, it's, it's a like big... It's like it's going to get worse later. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big readjustment, and it's like a sliding scale. So because the, like, LCT gene is decreasing, you don't know where you fall on the yeah. spectrum. Oh, so sad. I totally digress. <laughs> My heart goes out to adults who have, like late in life lactose intolerance i was thinking about that i was like as you're saying that my i was like clutching my heart like yeah. <laughs> like what if your favorite food is pizza and all of a sudden pizza don't like you no more mm-hmm. i guess that's why i'm i'm lucky that my favorite food is french fries oh go so ahead, i think i'll girl. be okay <laughs> it up. i'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> so is there a cure uh, no, there's no cure. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, you can manage it by watching how much milk or milk products you drink or eat. Uh, you can do lactose chewables like I do. There you go. But being lactose intolerant is not the same as being allergic to milk. Just uh, putting that out there, too. <laughs> yeah, I remember quite a few classmates uh, tried the let me pound milk with reckless abandon approach. <laughs> That seems really aggressive. Yeah, to try and cure their lactose intolerance. Ah, to be young and naive. You know, (laughs) ignorance is bliss when you are, like, very young and your parents aren't home. And they happen to not be lactose intolerant either. But for some reason you are. And you feel like just pounding milk is going to solve your problems. Mm. No, that doesn't work. That dairy air will start making a dairy air. Better hope that you have your own bathroom. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Uh, So let's talk about lactose intolerance around the world. Yeah. Because in the United States, individuals who are from or whose families are from parts of the world where lactose malabsorption is more common are more likely to have lactose intolerance. And according to the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, I am learning about all kinds of new uh, associations and institutes through this episode. Uh, Those who are African-American, American Indian, Asian-American, or Hispanic Latino are more likely to have lactose malabsorption. You want to take a guess at what countries have the highest rates of lactose intolerance? The specific countries? Oh my God, there's so many. Um, well, well, I mean, just if add, you're like looking, the answer's not on your screen. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not looking ahead, but um, yeah, Asia. <laughs> I mean, Asia in and of itself is like 40 plus ethnicities. How That's can true. I guess this is true. This is true. You no. Know, um, sure. Go you ahead. Want the answers. Okay. Yes, I do want the answers. Sure. So I'll Give go from 100 percent down to 96. 96. Yeah. Ghana. Oh 
Malawi, South mm. Korea, yep. Yemen, the Solomon Islands, Armenia, mm. Vietnam, mm-hmm. Zambia, Azerbaijan, and Oman. Okay. So it's a lot of Middle Eastern, African, mm-hmm. and parts of Asia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess the counter to that, now that we know who has the highest rates, let's go to the lowest rates, shall we? The 10 countries oh, okay. with the lowest <laughs> prevalencies of lactose intolerance. Denmark, Ireland, Sweden, United Kingdom, uh, New Zealand, the Netherlands, Norway, Niger, Belgium, Cyprus. Uh, I think reading those countries... yeah. We know what there's a lot of in those countries, just like saying. But if hearing those countries and you're like, I don't get it. What's the difference? I'll tell you. Lactose intolerance (laughs) is least prevalent in northern and central Europe, where only about 5% of the population has lactose intolerance. And there's actually a reason for that. I thought this was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. So a Cornell University study finds that it is primarily people whose ancestors came from places where dairy herds could be raised safely and economically, such as in Europe, uh, who have developed the ability to digest milk. So, quote, the implication is that harsh climates and dangerous diseases negatively impact dairy herding and geographically restrict the ability, the availability of milk and that humans have physiologically adapted to that. And that was said by evolutionary biologist Paul Sherman, who is a professor of neurobiology and behavior at Cornell. He goes on to say, quote, this is a spectacular case of how cultural evolution, in this case, the the domestication of cattle, has guided our biological evolution, end quote. On the other hand, most adults whose ancestors lived in a very hot or very cold climate that could not support dairy herding or in places where deadly diseases of cattle were present before 1900, such as Mm. Africa and many parts of Asia, do not have the ability to digest milk after infancy. And that is a quote from the Cornell Chronicle. Hmm. So there's a, I guess, you know, there's great reasoning and and logic for why this impacts both of our racial groups, which Mm -hmm. we want to get a little bit deeper in percentages and whatnot yeah so i'll start so african-americans with lactose intolerance it's about three out of four or approximately 75 percent of the african-american population is lactose intolerant and this can be problematic to the health of african-americans since dairy products have a lot of vitamins minerals and other nutritional elements Mm -hmm. required for optimal health however some evidence suggests that african-americans may be at risk of nutrient deficiencies, as well as the underconsumption of dairy products because of lactose intolerance. Mm. It's also worth mentioning that different religious views mm-hmm. that uh, African Americans tend to follow. Uh, Muslim, I don't, the Muslim religion I know is one of them that's non-dairy, could also weigh in on this. So if there's certain religious practices that do not approve of the consumption of milk, that also plays a big factor in this as well for African-Americans. Yeah. And if we go into lactose intolerance and genetics, quote, genetically, you are likely to inherit your lactose intolerance from your parents, and they inherited it from theirs. Mm. For most people, lactose intolerance starts developing as a toddler and gets stronger as you grow up because your body reduces or eliminates the production of lactase, which is the chemical that breaks down the milk 
sugar lactase. And that's from mm. intermountainhealthcare.org. It's also important to note that when people talk about being lactose intolerant, they're often using a collective term used to describe a few distinctly different maladies, like mm. the maldigestion, intolerance, or allergic response to cow's milk or dairy products. Cow's milk gets the most attention because it seems to be the major offender with mm -hmm. yogurts and cheeses uh, contributing to a far less extent. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. My husband grew up on ice cream, so he uh, is not lactose intolerant. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, when I think of like, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and, and we were talking about, yes, like lactose intolerance in African-American and Asian-American communities. This particular friend was like, yeah, like I've never seen my mom get down on like a, a big plug of cheesecake and ice cream <laughs> sundae. Like that's just not a dessert that we do in mm. Asian households. And I was like, ah, yeah, actually, mm -hmm. when I think of like an old Asian lady, I definitely do not think of her like getting down on a milkshake or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, like usually like fruit or something. <laughs> I was actually going to say shaved ice, but yeah, <laughs> fruit works too. If you watch any like Korean drama, or like Korean variety show, they always have fruit for dessert. Oh, interesting. Unless it's like, you know, a celebration, then you have cake and, and other things too. But Got it's it. one of those things. Yeah, because it's, it's not a... Um, certain fruits are not as common there as they are here. Mm -hmm. And so um, they may not like always be as ripe or like as big um, and are not as common to buy. And if you do buy it, it could be more expensive. Huh. Wait, I just had a thought, mm. and I wonder. So there's a there's an Asian owned bakery by me. I believe it's a Chinese owned bakery specifically, and I like their milk bread and their some of their desserts. But every time I get like a chocolate, like cupcake or a chocolate brownie, the chocolate's mm. not necessarily super chocolatey. Is that mm. because of lactose intolerance? Oh, I don't know. Because of the milk in the milk chocolate? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Ah. I just had a, a light bulb moment, but, but maybe not a super bright light bulb. Maybe it's kind of a dim light bulb. I've always or wondered Or it could be that. that they also don't have things that are as sweet as we do here. Because if you think about like, um, oh, what are they called? The, is it the Pocky Sticks or the Pokey Sticks? I yeah. can't remember how you pronounce it. The dipped but, in chocolate? Yeah, dipped in yeah. chocolate. The biscuit dipped in chocolate. Um, if you eat it here, it's a lot sweeter than if you eat it from Korea. Hmm. Yeah. And that's because, like, like it, they're, Koreans just don't do super sweet things? I don't know. I don't think that's the case necessarily. I mean, I know Koreans do a lot of spicy things and a lot of, um, like, seafood related because they're surrounded by water, depending right. on where they are, um, and, and a lot of meat. But uh, I don't know. I don't think they necessarily don't like sweet things, but sure. maybe the sweet things are not as sweet as compared to here where we are facing obesity and, yeah. and other things. We shovel spoonfuls of sugar into our mouths. So, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I the, think that the that's a really sticks. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good way of putting it. It's not that it's not super sweet there. It's that everything is super sweet here. That's how I think it is, at least. Yeah. And our taste buds have adjusted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thing to consider. Well, yes. in terms of lactose intolerance in Asian Americans, it's generally most common in Asian countries, especially in East Asia, where about 70 <sighs> to 100% of people 
show lactose intolerance. I promise you, Katie, I'm not trying to rub this in. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to deliver the facts. I mean, I guess I should. It kind of makes me feel better knowing that it's not like me personally. It's yeah. just my. <laughs> it's just everything. I was just. <laughs> it was just meant to be, and uh, I got to push against it because this is my my fate. <laughs> well, I mean, is baby boy lactose intolerant? If you don't mind me asking, I don't know yet. Uh, okay. He mostly drinks milk, um, but it's it's going to be interesting because, like I said, my husband is not. So, um, but he is also East Asian, so I'm really curious. And um, my sister-in-law is lactose, which is okay. interesting. So, like, my, my husband is not, but his sister is. Hmm. And they're, like, polar extremes, but they both grew up on ice cream, you know? Oh. Because they had ice cream in their family every Friday. They would go to Baskin and Robbins every Friday. Really? Yeah, because um, their family owned a Baskin and Robbins. Dope. Like the shop. Not the wow. company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a kind of a good segue, speaking of Baskin-Robbins, because let's talk about a call to action, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, your waffle bar mm-hmm. inspired me. I was like, how can we, with all this, this research, I really felt bad for kids. Yeah. Like, lactose intolerant kids, because I feel like, you know, when you're a kid, you just want to, like, eat what your friends eat and mm-hmm. do what your friends do. And I feel like lactose intolerant, for me, I started to notice it at kids' birthday parties. Yeah. Because of the cake and ice cream tradition and, like, you know, like, yeah. you never want to be the kid whose mom is like, you can only have cake, honey, no ice cream. Oh, that's everyone... how I was. Yeah. I, was like, everyone I don't want the ice like... cream. Just give me the cake and all the frosting. <laughs> 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 I wanted both because I yeah. like to make a little, like, mixture like once the mm. ice melted into the chocolate cake because I was a chocolate cake person mm. so I got to noodling on this and I was like okay I have an idea inspired okay. by the waffle bar got it I think in order to save lactose intolerant minority kids from feeling left out at parties and out of the cake and ice cream tradition let's find an alternative that's just as exciting mm. What about like a non-dairy rice pudding with rainbow sprinkles? You can make mm. that into a bar or like yeah. a cupcake bar, yeah. a cookie bar, a brownie bar. Why not have a waffle bar for dessert? Yeah. Just a pie saying. bar. Ooh, that'd be yeah. Fun. Like I think there are alternatives. I don't know why I'm really harping on kids in this partic- for this particular call to action. I just, my heart goes out to them. As yeah. adults, we can sort of find our own footing and once you're over 21 it's like forget you don't really care yeah yeah you're like i don't really care what people think of what i'm eating it is what yeah. it is yeah, yeah. exactly or so as, as a kid you're know. trying to fit in not be different yeah or if yeah. you're an adult it's like well forget about the ice cream or the dairy like give me the alcohol right which is perfectly fine too but yeah i did think about kids a lot during this mm. episode because those are those hard growing years and it's it's weird to say like normalize lactose intolerance mm-hmm. because I think when you're young, you don't really realize it's not normal. Yeah. Because it's just something that's happening to you. Yeah. I remember I went to a digestive specialist at one point because we were like, is this lactose intolerance or is there, you know, like something else? And it was just lactose intolerance and IBS together. So, you know, those, that was a fun, uh, acknowledgement, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> But I'm yeah. sorry, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what was worse is that my digestive doctor showed up at my cousin's birthday party like a month later. 
Oh, so you couldn't even sneak on the low low and have like a I mean little... she was she was all confidential and stuff, but oh, I was okay. like, we know each other. We're not gonna tell you how we know each other, but we know each other. Got it on a deep level because she knows all about my insides <laughs> so did you like get some dairy and did she like give you the stink eye from across the room like mm, girl oh, no. i think she avoided me because she was like let's not be with let's not be work related we're here to have fun <laughs> patient client confidentiality yeah <laughs> but i mean i've always done pie for my birthday um oh yeah i i prefer pie anyway like i can eat pie all the time but oh, i real? uh I like the fruit pies, so I always get the Marionberry pie on my birthday. Got it. Yeah. So there you go. So you're living the call to action as we speak. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, forget about the cake. Let's go with pie. Pie, lactose chewables, um, almond milk, creamer from my coffee. Mm. Yeah. But it all tastes good. I mean, I've, I've definitely had to explore. Because some of them don't taste good, or some of them it just takes all the fun out of it, and... But there are there are other ways where you can still enjoy all the tastes and sure yeah oh that's actually maybe a good second call to action enjoy the enjoy the tasting and the adventure if you do decide that you if you do find out that you are lactose intolerant like it yeah. doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a doomsday mm-hmm. sort of diagnosis like you can have fun and embrace the adventure of yeah. finding what works for you and sometimes it doesn't have any difference in taste it's just the process is different i'm my husband when we first started dating used to cook um certain things and substitute the dairy parts Mm -hmm. so he would like substitute certain milk products with like yogurt or um other things and i i couldn't tell the difference to be honest perfect um so yeah there are things like that that work out um you could also try living the the da- dairy-free <laughs> consumption life my microphone just freaked out yeah that pop filter was running away from you <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, very random like that's all right. here with me but um <laughs> yeah i mean because i remember so for work i went on this retreat unexpectedly they had a uh dairy-free gluten-free menu and they're out oh. in the middle of nowhere and they grow all of their own food um, huh. So you can't really get away from the food because there's literally nowhere else to go. <laughs> wow. And you, yeah. And so we stayed there for the weekend and they cook for us and you get to, you know, spend the night there and, and do all these, you know, activities for work and to bond and everything. Cool. And that messed up my system. But I also realized how much processed food I eat because mm. I was so regular <laughs> Like overly regular, multiple times a day regular. And then <laughs> after that, that trip, yeah, after that, <laughs> backed up. Ah, <laughs> because that food just—I mean, it—it it, it was a little less flavorful than I probably would have liked because it's dairy-free sure. and gluten-free. And they're like, we have a dairy and gluten-free cheesecake, and I'm like, how does that work? How does that um, taste? Because it doesn't seem like not it tastes the good. best. I mean, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but okay. um, I did wish it had a little sugar in it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that stuff, that type of eating, um, because I didn't have to think of it because they all did, they prepared it for me, um, actually, like, probably really helped my system and made me a lot healthier um, because my IBS just went away. That huh. whole weekend, it was gone. I was like, so this wow. is what normal people are like. <laughs> <laughs> this is how normies eat. Yeah. This is how normal people eat and how they live their day to day. But uh, 
you know, I'm all about the process. I mean, and I also feel you, and I also feel like we have to like stand up for our ethnic groups and be like, Mm. normalize lactose intolerance because it's Mm -hmm. real. It's Mm -hmm. real for us. It's real for Blacks, and it's real for Asians. And if this episode has spoken to you, if you are lactose intolerant and you feel seen after this episode, we want to hear about it. Yeah. Please reach out to us on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast, or you can reach out to us individually. I'm Alana Webster, but on Instagram, they call me at Renegade Fun. And I'm Katie Ohashi. On Instagram, you can find me at This Villain Scholar. Follow our show, guys. Subscribe. And if you have a moment, rate and review. It really helps this little show grow. And we will be back next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>